Allow me a minute or two to get myself situated here. Okay. Robbie, I'm on. Again, uh, good morning to you all and Merry Christmas as well. Well, thank you, thank you. Again, we'll kind of be in the Old Testament today as well as the New Testament, so we'll be kind of going back and forth uh, for today. Again, before uh, we start our time together in God's Word, I'm just going to open it up in prayer. <coughs> Lord, we give this day to you. We thank you for it. We pray that, uh, again, this is the day that the Lord has made. May we rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, if you think of the wonder of Christmas, we thank you, Lord, that here you being the creator and king of kings and Lord of lords, you have come as this humble little baby, Lord, and that later, some 30-odd years later, this would lead to the cross where you would die for us, Lord, for you, for me, Lord, we, th we thank you, Lord, for us, that you died on the cross for us. So, Lord, again, we give this day to you, and we thank you for the wonder of Christmas. In your name, amen. <clears throat> well, it was Christmas, 1973. Now, being a young boy back then, I had spent a wonderful Christmas Eve at my grandparents' house in Lake Grove. Maybe you folks have that. You have different traditions on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Christmas Eve for us was always going to uh, my mother's side of the family, which would be my mama and papa, we call them. So every Christmas Eve, we always went over there. So we spent, spent Christmas Eve over there. Then when we got back at, uh, at my house, uh, and excitedly again, uh, I went to bed. Of course, I was bursting. I was like, so excited. So I went to bed trying to get some sleep. Santa Claus was coming. This is big. <laughs> I would drift off to sleep, and by 2 a.m., I would wake up. My insides would be bursting. The rule at our house was this, uh, from my mom and dad. You could go downstairs to the living room where the tree was, and you could see the presents, but you could not open them. You could look at them. That's fine, but do not open them. Now, I could wake up my parents at 7 a.m. That was the time. Not 6.59, not 6.58, 7 a.m. I could wake up my parents. And then, with them watching, I could start opening uh, the stocking stuffers first. That was us for our families. Again, so many families do things differently. For us, it was the stocking stuffers first, and then after that would, would be the presents. I remember going downstairs. Again, this is around 2.30 a.m. on Christmas morning. And though it was dark, with the rays of moonlight coming through the living room windows, again, there's something I just never forget as a kid. I could see where my presence had been placed. I could make out different shapes and sizes of these wrapped gifts. One gift really caught my attention. It was big, and it was rectangular in shape. What could it be? I was, again, I, I, I was dying of what was in there, because I knew it was for me. I went back up to my bed, because then I could not open these presents until 7 a.m. So I went back up to my bed and laid there staring at my clock. So I'd be there just <laughs> looking at this clock. And I'd be staring at this clock, watching the minute would go by. Uh, again, this clock, uh, maybe you mentioned back in the 70s, these clocks were weird. It, it would have these, it would have this little humming sound 
these old-time flip-flocks, they call them. So the minutes would come by, it would go by, this mechanical whirring would go by, and then uh, the minutes would go flip. So, so it would go by minutes, these little flip, these little numbers would flip. So here I am, sitting on my bed, looking at this flip time clock. Again, it made this mechanical running sound, and again, that's what I did from like 2.30 on to like 7. I'd be looking at this clock, watching the, the, the minutes go flip <laughs> as this thing whirled along. But again, finally, it seemed like forever, 7 a.m. finally came. I leaped out of my bed, ran down the stairs, and woke my parents up, and then went to the living room where my presents were. Now, excitedly, I opened up my socking stuffers. Again, I ripped those things up right away. Uh, I never forget my grandfather. He was one where he'd take his little pocket knife, and he would very carefully open up his presents, you know, with a little pocket knife, making sure the tape wouldn't tear the wrapping paper. Me, I just tore through those things. I just tore through it. I, I, could, I was so excited. Uh, I opened my stocking stuffers up first, then other various gifts, and then my mouth was salivating with excitement. I tore that big gift open, that big rectangular wrapping paper off this huge box. My joy knew no bounds. It was an official G.I. Joe mobile headquarters. Wow! Very popular in the 70s. Again, this G.I. Joe, uh, the G.I. Joes were cool. They were action figures. Let me make sure I, I say that clearly. They were action figures. They were not dolls. They were action figures. I had two G.I. Joe action figures. But now, I could use this mobile headquarters to take them on secret missions. This was great. I still can describe in detail what this mobile headquarters vehicle looked like. Again, this is the help of YouTube, because again, this is going over 50 years ago. So I did have to kind of refresh my memory a little bit. But again, it's such a great, it was such a great uh, uh, vehicle. This huge vehicle, again, it was big, big thing. Uh, and that this huge vehicle was cool, because you could separate the front part uh, where the G.I. Joe sat, so you could actually put your action figures in this front compartment, and then the uh, back could be separated from it. So this way, these G.I. Joes could do a secret spying mission and the back part of the vehicle was used for storing all their equipment. The one side had two huge drawers that you could pull out with all their different weapons and their guns. The other side had a flying disc launcher for air surveillance. It was this disc thing. And uh, if you opened the panel up, it would come out. And I think it, would, it was with a switch. You could wind the thing up. And eventually, the thing would take off and go up in the air a little bit. I thought that was the coolest thing. So that was for the air surveillance kind of thing. Uh, on the same side, there was a panel you could open up and a dial you could turn, which would operate the searchlight on top of the vehicle. And another turn on the dial would rotate the searchlight. So one turn, the searchlight would go on. Another turn, and the thing would start to rotate. Ah, oh, how cool was that? <laughs> and the radar so it had like a little radar uh, thing on top as well that would turn. Very cool, very cool. As a young boy back then, that was the greatest gift I had ever gotten. I still remembered how, what a cool gift I had gotten. You know, years later, as a teenager, I knew I was a sinner and accepted Christ as my Savior. Through Jesus, I found out that He alone is that greatest gift, that I could not take any credit for being saved but through Him alone. Though Jesus being the greatest gift to us, today, again, let's look at two groups of gifts that God has given us. So I kind of find that there's two types of gifts. 
that God has given us. Okay. First of all, one group of type of gifts is physical. But again, these are temporary. Uh, temporary gifts in this present world that we live in. And again, one of them is physical. Again, these gifts are to believers and to non-believers alike and can vary greatly between each person. Again, uh, some people might have more health challenges than another person. Uh, but again, the gift to be able to walk, to be able to breathe on our own, uh, unfortunately, some people don't have that. Okay, But again, that's one of the temporary gifts that God has given us, the physical. Uh, good health, uh, parents. Again, if you, if you, uh, Exodus chapter 20. Again, I'm going to be going from Old Testament, New Testament, so hang on to your seats a little bit. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 talks about uh, these gifts, these temporary gifts. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. So to honor your parents, your mother, your father. Uh, Psalm 39, verses 4 through 5. Again, that's in your Old Testament as well. Psalm 39, 4 through 5. Lord, make me to know my end and what is the extent of my days. Let me know how transient I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as handbreadths, and my lifetime as nothing in thy sight. Surely every man at his best is a mere breath. Again, the temporariness of this physical life. Yes, we have good health, maybe now, most of us, but years go on, and as the years go by, our health starts to go. I remember uh, an old uncle of mine had said, uh, I guess the body's like a car. After a while, the parts start wearing out <laughs> as time goes on. Uh, so again, that's one of the challenges of these, this temporary blessing as far as health goes. That's temporary. The body does age over time. My mother, uh, again, uh, she is 93 now. And I remember her being very mobile, shopping and cooking and and now she's very limited to what she can do. Uh, matter of fact, her eye, uh, she went to bed one night, saw out of both eyes fine. The next morning, she lost the vision in her one eye, just like that. It was gone, and never to get it back. So again, how temporary the physical health can be. Uh, loving families. Again, what a blessing for those of us who have loving families. But again, it's temporary. Some of us have grown up in loving homes, and some sadly have not. Again, these are temporary gifts. Uh, and again, so thankful for the loving family that I have. And growing up, uh, again, a place of love and acceptance where unfortunately a lot of people did not have that. Psalm 127, verse 3. Psalm 127, verse 3. Says this. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Again, he has that blessing of having children. Uh, but again, some people have children. Some people don't or are not able to have children. Again, that is just a, it's, a, it's a blessing, but it's a temporary gift. And the blessings go from plenty of food. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. So again, if you're ever trying to learn where books of the Bible are, today will be a good example because I'm going to be going Old Testament, New Testament, be going all over. Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed, 
that is on the surface of all the earth. And every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. So here the Lord supplies us with food. Uh, Psalm 145, verses 15 to 16. Psalm 145. Psalm 145, verses 15 to 16. I always love the turning of the pages of the Bible. Just got that nice sound. Psalm 145, verses 15 to 16. The eyes of all look to thee, and thou dost give them their food in due time. Thou dost open thy hand and dost satisfy the desire of every living thing. Again, uh, especially in this country, uh, most people here have plenty of food. Right? We go to the supermarkets and we have variety after variety and shelves are stocked. But again, I think we saw that even with the COVID where that wasn't always so, where some shelves were bare. Uh, in other countries, people struggle. Uh, people struggle to have food, to have the proper shelter, the clothing. But again, these are temporary blessings that, the God, that God has given to us. And thankfully, most of us do have plenty of food that we are not in want in that way. Shelter, clothing, usually we have plenty of that. A house over our heads. Yet we see some people living in a car. I mean, again, it, it's, it varies. Uh, and even with our cars that we have here, uh, some people might have some old clunkers that barely are running. Others have new cars, again. But it's, uh, we see how with even with cars, I mean, yeah, they're nice. But again, as soon as they usually leave the showroom, the value goes down right away. It doesn't, it doesn't stay valued for long. And parts wear out, just like the body. But now we come to the second group of gifts. And praise the Lord for these gifts. These gifts are eternal gifts. This, these gifts are, the, again, the greatest gift, being Jesus Christ himself being this gift. Emmanuel, God with us. We see this in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Again, this prophecy was written about 700 years before Jesus even came on the scene as a baby. Isaiah 7.14 The Lord will bring on you on your people and on your father's house such days as have never come since the day that Ephraim separated from Judah the king of Assyria. And in verse 14 Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold a virgin will be with child and bear a son. And she will call his name Emmanuel. Again, that word meaning God with us. Again, we look at the birth of Jesus in Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. We see how this verse in Isaiah is fulfilled. Matthew chapter 1. And verses past the genealogy of Jesus, which again is another fascinating, if you look at the genealogy, the family tree of Jesus, you know, everything fits together perfectly with the genealogy, the family line coming to Jesus. But past that, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 23, about the birth of our Lord. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. So again, this is going to be a birth like no other. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, 
For that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. <coughs> now, all this took place that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So again, we see from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, how this is fulfilled with Jesus' birth. Now again, the blessings of this eternal gift can only be enjoyed for those who have accepted Jesus as their Savior and belong to him. Again, this is the gift that keeps on giving. It's an eternal uh, gift to us. Revelation chapter 20, verse 15 talks about those who only belong in him. Revelation 20, verse 15 says this. Again, it talks about the great white judgment, throne of judgment. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So again, there is this description of the book of life that if you accepted Christ, your name is in this book of life. And if not, you will be thrown into the lake of fire if you do not belong to him. Ephesians 2.8. Ephesians 2.8. Again, this is in New Testament. Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. There is that gift through faith. Again, we cannot receive it on our own. We cannot get this eternal gift by our own efforts. And then James 1.17. Again, New Testament. James 1, verse 17. Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. How great is that, folks, that our God is unchanging. Because He is unchanging, His love for us is unchanging. His promises for us are unchanging. They do not change. You know, you always see with technology, technology changes. Uh, situations around us change. Like I said, our bodies, our physical bodies, they change over time. But our Lord does not change. His promises do not change. They will stand forever and ever and ever. Again, these eternal gifts don't wear out. They're not subject to time. And they can be fully enjoyed by all who have believed in Christ. These eternal gifts are talked about throughout Scripture. Isaiah 9.6, again, a very familiar uh, verse, especially Christmas time about involving the Lord's, the prediction of the Lord's birth. Again, prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years before it would happen. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. So there's this greatest gift that this child being like no other child ever born and proving Jesus' deity as him being equal with God as well these titles mighty God wonderful counsel eternal father there are these titles given to him equating equaling him with God his deity 
This would be like no other birth ever. Luke 22, verses 19 to 20. So we're going to be going back to the New Testament. Luke chapter 22, verse 20. 22, verses 19 to 20. Again, this is involving the Lord's Supper even. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them. So this is giving again. Saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You think of that of Jesus with his body, that he gave his body willingly for you, for me. This gift, this wonderful gift. And in verse uh, 20, and the same way uh, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Again, this cup representing Jesus' blood is poured out for me, for you, is this wonderful gift from our Lord Jesus, that he willingly did this for you, for me. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. talks about the Word. And again, this equaling of God and Jesus being one. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for a witness that he might bear witness of the light that all might believe through him. <clears throat> now he, being John, was not the light, but came that he might bear witness of the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. You think of how in Jesus' birth there was no room in the inn for him. In verse 11 of John chapter 1, He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Now verse 14, talk about the word being God, right? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, Glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So here is that word, God, becoming flesh. The word became flesh. And he came for you, for me. And it's also a part of this beautiful picture of the Trinity. I mean, you have the God, the Father, God, the Son, the God, the Holy Spirit. How this is a beautiful Trinity. And that they're always in harmony with each other. Again, there's never any uh, opposition to one another. There's never any clamoring for a better position. Not, how come you're getting all the attention and I'm not? It's never like that at all. They're always in perfect unity with one another, the Trinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's this perfect, harmonious Trinity. Again, what a gift that we have received. <coughs> Now these eternal gifts continue in the Bible. In Ezekiel, again this is Old Testament, go back to Ezekiel. And then in Ezekiel chapter 11 talks about uh, the heart, 
So in Ezekiel, chapter 11, here we go. Chapter 11, verses 19 to 20. And it's to Israel as well as it is to us folks as well. And I shall give them one heart. So here's this giving of a heart, a new heart. And shall put a new spirit within them. And I shall take the heart of stone out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them. Then they will be my people and I shall be their God. What a gift that the Lord is willing and wanting to have us as his people and he will be our God. And in no other are we to put our trust in but him and him alone. We are, again, to follow God in this new heart that he is going to be giving us, that he has given us for those who know him. John 3.16, again, a very familiar verse, I'm sure, to you all. But again, I kind of like to read it only because I, I just love to read it out of God's word. But again, so many of us, I think, have memorized this verse. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave, again, is this giving, that he gave his only begotten son. That word begotten is very uh, intimate relationship with God the Father, God the Son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Again, folks, what a gift that we have been given. This eternal life that he has willingly and freely given to us. So again, here's that trinity working in perfect harmony with, with each other. John 14 Again, John 14, verses 26 to 27, talks about the Spirit. Again, who is this Holy Spirit? When the Helper comes, so he's our Helper, the Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me, and you will bear witness also because you have been with me from the beginning. So again, here's this uh, gift, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that is given to us, a Helper for us that is given for those who know him. So again, as believers, we are by God given the Holy Spirit is this gift. A helper to us, a teacher, spirit of truth. And again, what are the results of having this Holy Spirit in our lives? That's found in Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. Again, this is New Testament. Galatians chapter 5. Verses 22 to 23 of Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So again, these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we receive. Again, these are not like the world offers, because the world offers peace, but it's temporary. It's, it's not long-lasting. But here the peace of the Holy Spirit is eternal, it is forever. Is a deeper love, a deeper joy, a deeper peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the gifts of the Spirit that we cannot get on our own, on our own energy. Again, our salvation is a gift secure in Christ alone. Ephesians 4.30. Ephesians 4.30 says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom... You were sealed for the day of redemption. Again, once you are saved, you're not going to lose your salvation. It is sealed. But again, it's not by us. It's by the Holy Spirit. 
the ceiling. Again, what a gift that has been given to us. First John 5.13, talking about, again, assurance and salvation. First John chapter 5, verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. Again, what a gift that we may know it. We don't have to hope. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to cross our fingers or, or carry a rabbit's foot around. We may know that we have eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Again, this beautiful gift. We go to Ephesians chapter 1. Again, Ephesians chapter 1. And again, I give you credit for many people who are following along with me in the Bible because your fingers might be getting a little sore from turning all these different pages. But again, what a privilege to read God's Word. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us into all wisdom and insight. We'll stop there. Again, it's this lavishing He has given us. The lavishing of the riches of His grace is upon us. It's like being in a torrential downpour of His grace, a deluge. Maybe many of you have been caught in a really bad rainstorm, this deluge. Well, here... Ten times over, God has lavished His grace upon us. This, this, this lavishing, this downpour of His grace. Psalm 29.11. Psalm 29.11. The Lord will give strength to His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. Again, wonderful blessing that God blesses His peace upon us. Not the world's peace. <clears throat> Again, the world's peace is temporary. It's not long-lasting. <coughs> Again, His peace is eternal. <coughs> Romans 6.23 <coughs> And again, I know we're going from Old Testament to New Testament. Uh, so, I, again, I, I appreciate your patience and uh, just, again, the love of God's Word. <coughs> Romans 6, verse 23. Again, many, many of you probably have this memorized from Romans chapter 6, verse 23. <coughs> For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And think about this. This greatest gift, gift that is offered to us we can receive, and it's for free. We don't have to pay any money for it. We just have to accept it. Even that we can't take credit for is that drawing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But there's this free gift that God offers. 
Revelation 22, 16 to 17. Revelation 22, again, the last chapter of the book of Revelation. Chapter 22, verses 16 to 17. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. Again, there, there, there is no cost. You don't have to pay money for it. Just receive it. Take it. Come. There is this uh, yearning of the Lord Jesus, of the Trinity, really, the Spirit, God the Father. Come. Come to Him. Again, very interesting note, too, on this Revelation uh, 22, verse 16 and 17 talks about the root of David. So here it talks about Jesus existing before David was born, but he's also the offspring of David, for he's in the family line of David. So Jesus fulfills both these prophecies, uh, being in the family line as well as being uh, existing before David was even born. The bright morning star. Again, that's a very interesting term as well. Uh, we think of the star of Bethlehem. But we also think of Jesus being the star with actual star that that comes that is out before the daylight, before the breaking of the dawn. There's this bright morning star. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 talks about this, about a star. Daniel chapter 12 <coughs> verse 43. This is what it says. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. And those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. And those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So it talks about these stars. And Jesus being the bright morning star. How, what great insight uh, that he has. Now here, when you think of it, it being so dark. But then right before the breaking of the dawn is this morning, bright morning star. Again, one with great insight. Again, today, let us come to the babe in a manger. O come, all ye faithful. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Again, going back to the beginning of my story about the G.I. Joe mobile headquarters. Now, suppose I saw it, but said, you know what, I'm not going to bother opening it. Suppose I said, no thanks, and it was just put downstairs in our basement and then forgotten about. Again, what, what good would that gift have done? What, what benefit? Uh, but here, w what a great gift it was. Why? Because I opened it. I opened it up. I received it. Perhaps maybe here today, uh, here it is Christmas time, and it's a festive time of year, but have you opened and received that beautiful gift, the eternal gift, the greatest gift that one could ever receive from Christ? That greatest gift is Jesus, and today, the time of Advent, here we talked about the Advent representing the candle of love, how God showed his love for us, right? That you can open and receive this gift from him today. Today is the day of salvation. Psalm 27, verse 1. We're going to go to Psalm 27, uh, verse 1. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? 
again, w- what a great thing. I think so, so many of us uh, carry a piano on our backs when we have, when we're bound to either anxiousness or fear. But here, so many times in the Bible, we are told, do not be afraid, do not fear. Again, what a wondrous uh, knowing in our hearts that we don't have to be afraid anymore. The Lord is with us. He wants us to know that we don't have to live in fear, especially with thinking of all that happens around us, that He is in control, and He always will be. 2 Corinthians 6.2 2 Corinthians 6.2 For He says, At the acceptable time I listened to you, and on the day of salvation I helped you, Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Again, I urge you today, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, accept Him today. Don't put it off. Accept Him today. Accept that beautiful gift to unwrap and to enjoy, not only through the Christmas season, but throughout all eternity. Don't put it off. Again, there's a popular Christmas hymn. I mentioned this last time we took communion as well. O little town, of Bethlehem. And in that hymn, that beautiful hymn of the town of Bethlehem where Jesus was born, uh, again, there's this verse uh, that says, how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Has he entered into your heart today? Again, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your wondrous gift, the greatest gift of all, Lord. And as believers, Lord, we thank you for, again, something that we cannot take credit for. We're drawing you to us. And that we have opened this wondrous gift, Lord. And that this gift is not just good for now, but for all our tomorrows, for all eternity, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for this gift that we cannot lose because you have sealed it by your Holy Spirit in our lives. And Lord, maybe there's those here who don't know you, Lord, who have not received this great gift. Lord, I urge uh, through the drawing of your Holy Spirit that you would draw people to you, Lord. Today, now is the day of salvation. Today is the appointed time that people would come to you today and cherish and in wonder and be in awe of the true meaning of Christmas, Lord, and to draw all our focus away from our distractions of being busy and running around uh, just in the business of the season, but just stand by the manger, Lord, to sit by it and be in wonder, Lord, of your birth, which eventually would lead to the cross for you, Lord, for those here and for me. So again, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you in your name. Amen. All right. Uh, Stephanie, do you have a song? No. Okay.